So it's been a couple of hours since you've come back from the earthquake site, and I thought it would make sense that we would talk through it. A, because I think it's good for you to process it, and B, I don't know exactly what happened, and I'm curious to see what happened day to day because we were only getting snippets from you. And then I thought it'd be interesting also for you to hear from our perspective, like how does it feel that, how did we feel that you were out there? Okay. So maybe it makes sense that so you, that we go back, we, we discuss it chronologically. So you left last Friday. You left last Friday and it's now you, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So Friday to Wednesday. Yeah. So do you think you can take me, can you start Friday? So I was originally supposed to leave Tuesday, the day after the earthquake, but uh, like it broke down, like the people that were going didn't like des- decided to not go because they didn't need us anymore. Uh, then I pu- it was put on like a holding list. Like if they need people, they'll alert us, me and a couple of friends. And nothing really happened and I w- wasn't expecting anything. Also, schools were extended and I was very annoyed by that because I, I was okay being at home for a month and I'm like, I was fine with that and there was an issue. But as soon as it seemed like school might, uh, like we might not go back to school, it everything became a little, like I became very anxious because I didn't know what was going to happen anymore. And you love school. I love school. And you love being in school. I love being in school, like everything about school, like the fact that school was like, be, like there's a chance of it being canceled, a chance of it being extended. It didn't sit well with me. I didn't know what to do with myself anymore. Um, and at that point, everything was, at least to us, get you out were of the holding house. pattern. You were in the holding pattern until you got into school. Like you weren't going to the gym. You were just, exactly. I had nothing. To, I was just waiting to go. And so that that was causing a tension between you and I. Yeah. And then, okay. And then uh, Friday morning, uh, I got a text saying that if you want to go at seven thirty, a train leaves from Istanbul, yeah. and it'll take. They didn't even tell me how long they just said train's gonna leave. If you wanna go help, you're gonna be on it. They didn't say where I'm going, they didn't say who I'm going with, they didn't say what I'm doing. They just said if you guys wanna go, they need people here, be ready, bring your own food, bring your own water. That's all they said. They said bring tents, bring sleeping bags, and bring uh water. And we said okay. Uh it turned out a couple of my friends were going just by coincidence. And then when we got on the train, like realized more people were there. All around, I knew maybe eight or nine people in total. Uh, I think maybe six guys, three girls, uh, yeah. and we all went. Um, and so we left the train. We left Istanbul at 7.30 at night on Friday. We took a train to Konya, which is to the east. Uh, we got there maybe one o'clock in the morning. Then and at that point, what did we know of the earthquake? So Friday around 7. Friday, we knew that uh, people were dead, and that's about it. We just knew people were dying. We didn't know what they needed. We just knew. A couple of thousand at that point. It was, yeah, at that, like, was it, it, 3, was it was 14,000. 14,000 died at that already? Yeah, right today, as of today, it's 50,000. Okay. That's just a jump it's done. Right uh, on Friday, it's 14,000 dead. School is extended for a week. Just go. Yeah. Okay. So Friday, I left. Yeah took us a high-speed train to the west, to the east, and then we got on another train that took another 14 hours to get to our destination because it couldn't go above 40 kilometers an hour because the rails were cracked. From the earthquake, the, the, rails cracked, the, the rails were cracked, and we couldn't go above 40 kilometers an hour. 
So we took the fast train to Konya. We took the fast train then from Konya to Adana, which is another city, and from Adana another train, where we got to like the city where like we were gonna stay in Iskenderun, and when we got there, the port was still on fire. The and what time did you arrive? We arrived there, maybe Saturday at five. Saturday at five we arrived. So this is a twenty-two-hour 22 trip. trip, like which, from what I was told, was gonna we were. I was told it was gonna be at most five hours. Okay, and, and you so guys were a group of two hundred and fifty or two hundred and fifty people. None of us had met each other. Very, li very, very little organization, other than the fact that the train leaves here. You're gonna get there. And then they told me personally said. You're American. You're going to be translating for the Mexican and British and American rescue crews. I said, "All right, great." We get there, and there is no coordination on the ground. We get we get to the train station. Then they say, "Hold tight, just wait. We'll figure everything out." Who's they? The the leaders that are supposedly with Afad, Turkey's disaster response. Okay. They there's like, like five people, and they were they were supposedly working with Afad. And then they get there. And then they all go off to the disaster control, like wherever, wherever the disaster zone control is for the for the uh, earthquake in that city. And they come back at like we got there. At five, they come back at maybe ten, and they say it's been there's been a miscommunication. They don't need you guys. They need teachers, and they need uh, they don't they need teachers, and they need people to like imams to lead salahs and bear and wash the dead. That's all they need. We had doctors, we had architects, we had builders. They sent them all back. They said, you're going to sleep on the trains tonight. Tomorrow the trains are going to take you back. But they're only going to take you as far as Konya. And then from Konya, you have to figure out yourself. So they're not going to take. Like, they're not going to even take us all the way back. They brought us to the middle of nowhere. And they're going to take us halfway back. And the rest we have to figure out. So at that point, I said, okay. I'm going to go back whatever we came. So I went back inside. I started texting people. One of our family members it works with a humanitarian organization and i texted her i said listen i'm here if you guys need anything i can ease i can like get on i can get on one of the lorries and they, i can ask them to take me and she said okay i'll so see you at that point made the decision at that point the decision was i'm going back oh so you okay so at, at that point there was i'm we're going back if there's anything we can try to do i'm gonna try it right now we're going back this is saturday night this yeah. is saturday 10 11 12 yeah. midnight yeah. like it's it's very late and how long how much have you slept at this point i've slept a good, like, i slept the whole train ride i slept for nine hours like i've slept okay, like, okay I, so you're I, okay like i've slept on i slept on the floor of the train like i took advantage of the mats and the sleeping bags i was asleep I'm okay. Like my spirit, that's, that's probably why I stayed because I was, my spirits were good. I had eaten. There's a bathroom. I was warm. Like I was fine. Yeah. So at midnight, I'm inside the, and also when we get to the city, the military is not letting us leave like a very small perimeter of the train station. Like, and they're telling us how they're, they're saying, oh, Syrians have taken control of the city and this and that. And they're telling us all these, and locals are like trickling in from around the train station and, and they're saying, ah, uh, yes, like things are happening. The Syrians are in control. It's anarchy. There's Kurds here. There's terrorism or whatever. Like they're telling us all these like scary stories. And you can see, and we haven't seen any fallen buildings yet. Like to us, like we're, we're, we're in the middle of it. We haven't seen anything yet. And then I'm walking and... Then all of a sudden I see like there's a big Ramada in like the huge Ramada hotel, half of it is gone. Just like it looks fine from the beginning. Then we walk and half of it is gone. That's when you realize like you're in the zone. And then we get told that three girls from our group like the three, were seen walking away with a soldier and they haven't been seen. That's all, somebody saw them walking with someone with camouflage and they haven't seen them 
for like a couple of hours. So at that point, we're like, oh no, they're kidnapping us now. And we're like, whoa, what's happening? And they come, like, they can't so be. So you and your friends are like discussing this and. Yeah, I mean, we're like, what should we do? Like, we're all like, we're having like an emergency meeting. Like, what's the. The because, students. The students. Because there's no community. Because the, the, we had a WhatsApp group. The people in charge made announcements only and weren't answering their messages. Because like they like they had already explained to us there's nothing you can do for you. It's mo- go back. It's go back. Like that's it. So it's so it's, na- now the students themselves are self organizing. Now we're self organizing. Me and another me and another guy. If he's listening, bulbul. Me and another guy. We're 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 like. He, we're arranging everything. Like okay. we're we're gathering the students and we're seeing what's going to happen, and then we start hearing fighting and like punching and slapping and whatever. And we go outside and women are fighting. Because they don't want to go back to outside of what? the train. Okay, like we're so in, right now, um, you're what's, in the what's the train station? People are gonna know from whoever's listening. What? Just up, uh, you're in the train. St- okay, so you're in the platform. You're on. We're on. No, we're on the train. St- like the train. Like it's not a platform. It's the train. Like there's no way. There's nowhere to get off. Like it's just the train stops and then you go down the stairs and you're on like the gra- the rocks next okay, to the train. So it's not the platform. It's just gravel. It's next just to- like the end of the train line. You're yeah. just at the end of the train. You're at the end okay. of the train line. And that's where we're staying. And there's fires around everywhere. Like everybody's warm and like doing things. And well, when you say fires, they're bonfire. Like people. Oh, like, bonfires, not yeah, no, no, not, not, not buildings. On yeah, fire. no, people are making themselves warm. Okay. And then they get, and they say, and we tell them, listen, can we just go into the city and find something to do for ourselves? And like you guys don't worry about us. And they said, there's nothing for you guys to do. As you can go into the city, you're not gonna find anybody. There's nobody left in the city. There's nothing. At that point, we're like. Okay, we're gonna go back. There's nothing else. Okay, we're upset, but there's nothing else for us to do. And then, this is before and after the missing girls. I mean, the missing girls didn't do anything. Nobody really cared. Like everybody was like, so there's missing girls and nobody. Like, and the, the, ad, the admins were taking care of that, but like I like we had nothing to do with it. Okay, like, the administration was handling that. Okay, and they found them later, but like that we didn't put like that. We didn't care about that. Okay, and then we see a couple of guys in hard hats walking out, and we look at them. And like they look like us, like they look like students, whatever. But they're like all like grimy and covered in stuff. And we walk up to them and we're like, "Where have you guys been? Like, where are you guys coming from?" And they say, "Oh, we're coming from inside the city. There's this college or this high school that people are staying at, and they need help." And we're like, "Is it with like the organization?" They said, "No, it's they have ties with the organization, but it's locally led volunteers, whatever." And they said, "If you want to help anywhere, they need help. Go inside." And then at that point, the uh, I guess they felt the administration felt bad and they sent some guy to us and he was like, if you guys want the airport, the one that was destroyed, they're opening tomorrow. They need cleaners. If you want to help, I'll get a bus for you guys. You'll go to the airport. You can clean the bathrooms there until we find a flight for you. And then you'll go back. And obviously going to an airport and cleaning the bathrooms is not what we like signed Mm -hmm. up for. We didn't sign up to be janitors. We signed up to help the people. And so that we kept that in our back pocket. We're like, okay, if we want, that's what we'll do. Either go back or go to the... No, no we're, we're, it's, a, it's like if we can't find anything in the city, we'll go to the airport with them and clean the... So at this point, you've decided not to go back. At this point, you've decided... Yeah, at the, when he told us that was an option, we decided, okay, we're not going to go back with the train. We'll go... At the very least, we'll go to the airport. You, Bulbul... Me and Bulbul... And, and, and the group following Yusuf and Bulbul. I mean, they're mostly following Bulbul. I'm just in the background, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay. with Bulbul. Bulbul is in charge of everything. Okay. And... A lot of the group were like, okay, it's warm in the airport. Let's go to the airport. And they were like, let's go to the airport. And I said, I'm not going to the airport. 
I said, I'm not, there's a very small chance I'm going to go to the airport. I'm going to go find work and I'm going to let you guys know what I find. So I walk outside the train. No, I didn't leave the train. I'm, I'm just outside the train. The train is just sitting there. People are inside the train, outside the train, around. And though I went back to the men who were saying there's work inside the city. I said, where is there inside the city? They gave me a location. And at that point, another guy walks out, like, a, like an older guy. He's a teacher. And he starts like rallying the people. Like he's like, we came here to help. 250 of us are going to go back. No, everybody, we're going to stay and we're going to help. 10 people listened to him. The rest went back inside. But those 10 people listened to him said, okay, we'll go with you. And I said, okay, in that case, my group will go with you as well. So we have women. They can help with the children, whatever. Not saying women can only help with children, but that was what those women had come for. That's what they wanted to do. I said, if that's what they have, we'll go with you. And then he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Because right now it's 2 a.m. in the morning. It's pitch dark. There's nobody around. The army has gone home. The police officers have gone home. Like We're in the middle of a train station. There's nobody there. There's no lights. There's nothing. And he says, this is still, the, this is Saturday. We left Friday. This is, no, this is Sunday at 2 a.m. now. We only, only thing we done at that point was travel. Yeah. And so I was, we were like, okay. Some of us are going to go t- walk 10 kilometers to this college we're going to see what the situation is, if they need help. If they do, you guys are going to come meet us. If they don't, you'll like we're going to go back. Because right now it's 2 a.m. The shuttle to the airport leaves at 8. We have six hours to determine what we're going to do. So the, that teacher man, he goes. He gives me his number, and he says, I'm going with three other guys. We're going to go figure out what to do. So they go. It's 2 a.m. I'm awake. 3 a.m., nothing. 4 a.m., finally I get a message from him saying, Yusuf Kardashian, like Yusuf's brother, there's nothing like... Um, there's nothing heroic to do here. Like, there's no going through buildings. Because that man that, that wanted to go through buildings and pull people out alive, that's what he wanted to do. Like, there's none of that here. I said, what is there? He's like, there's like unloading trains, uh, unloading uh, uh, trucks. I was like, perfect. Unloading trucks. I wake everybody up. We all put on our bags and we walk 10 kilometers, like maybe 30 of us in total. You walk 10 kilometers. We walk 10 kilometers into the city and we, um, uh, and we just say, listen, we're here to help. Tell us what to do. And there's a lady in charge there. I don't know what her name is. I don't know what she does, but you can tell she's in charge. She's maybe 35, 36. She's in charge. And I, she goes to me. She's like, who are you? I said, uh, my name's Yusuf. My group is whatever this. And she speaks English. And she's okay. You guys want to help? I said, yeah. She's like, okay, go upstairs, put your bags down, rest, and then we'll start. So we, put, we go. We have a very nice place to sleep. It's like an old... um. Uh, it looks like it's been used for gymnastics. It has like the mirror, the floor to ceiling mirrors. Like it's that kind of room. It's like, it's perfect. It's like, you know that room in our gym? You know that room in our gym where they do like the, the posing? The, and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. It's that. It's warm. It has everything. It has mats on the floor. It's fine. So we put our stuff down. And then at that point, it's seven in the morning. We start. We start working. Sunday, seven in the morning, we start working. A truck comes in. And it's full. Two trucks come in. They're full to the brim with water, bread, clothes. Okay. Thousands of water bottles, and they all need to. They're supposed to be unloaded with forklifts. We have no forklifts. We have to do them by hand. So I jump in the truck. Another guy jumps in the truck, and we start throwing water bottles to people, and then they start stacking these things of water bottles, and we stacked maybe five hundred thousand water bottles, like trucks and trucks and trucks of water bottles and we do that until like 1 at p.m and at that point at 1 p.m we've and been you're a group of 10 people i mean we're a group uh, right now a group of like my group is like nine people like 
but like all together from the, the of the 250 people that came 30 people came with us the 220 went back we had two culinary students they they were in charge of the cooking they were handling the cooking they were cooking everything and the rest of us were just physical labor as we were supposed to be that's what we expected we were fine with that the girls were helping with children they were sorting clothes like they everybody had jobs it was great at one o'clock somebody texts me and somebody texts somebody else and they say listen they need help Kizilai needs help Kizilai, Kizilai is Turkey's uh, red crescent they need help going to villages to give like blood and stuff and we said okay we'll go with you they said we need some guys we need five guys so I go other people go and we're standing on the road and we don't really know who's coming to get us we just know a pickup truck is coming a, a Ford Transit is coming and it's going to pick us up all we know Ford Transit and then a Ford Transit comes and it stops and says, you guys are the ones who are coming to help? And we say, yeah, that's us. So we all jump in the back of the Ford Transit and they take us to the center. We don't ask who they are. We just know that they're the ones, we, we're the ones who need help. We jump in the back of the Ford Transit and we go. Then we show up. To, then they take us to the arm, like where the army is. It's a, thousands and thousands of tents where the people are staying. It's just a tent city. They call it Chadir Kent. Tent city. The people... Just refugees. They're refugees. They're refugees. That's the refugees are staying there. They're lining up. They're getting their papers in order. They're staying in the things. And then so we jump out, and then a uh, a convoy from Beshiktash had just come, and they had like a thousand, they had like a thousand tents or so. So, uh, so anyway, so the, the group from Beshiktash had a lot of supplies, and we start helping them unload their boxes and we're unloading these boxes into pickup trucks so the pickup trucks can take them to the outlying regions of the city where like no aid has been reached no aid has went there yet and so we load up a box and the, the same guys that took us say, okay let's go and we haven't asked them who they were we just assumed that we, we sent somebody our location and then a truck pulls up and says you're the guys that are here to help so we assume those are our guys and this is all you and Bulbul making these decisions I mean, this is all, yeah, this is all like, okay. th there's no, this is us. Yeah, you're making these decisions. You don't have some handler from some org. No, we, we, we have handlers from, no, we have handlers from organizations and we're acting as like subcontractors. Like they tell us what they need, we do. So okay. Kizilai told us to need something. We said, okay, Afa told us we need We have handlers. Like we're, 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 nobody's with our group, but they know our group exists and our group is here to help. So we're supposed to be with Kizilai. And so we go. And we start going to villages and we start handing out boxes and boxes of things. And we're in the back of the Ford Transit, like throwing cookies at children and blankets and whatever, pads, like hygiene, pads, whatever they need, we're giving them. And we just, like, we're just, we do it for a couple of hours until. What time is this? Like between. So from, let's say, one to four. Okay. One to four, we're doing On this. Sunday. On Sunday. And then, and then, like, then we go back to the tent city. Uh, with the militaries and on the way we're like so what part part of Kizilai are you guys with and they said Kizilai we're not with Kizilai and then we said how did you know to pick us up and they were like what do you mean you guys called us I said we didn't call you you guys called us and it turns out that this group is another Turkish organization group and somebody else was supposed to be at our location but we happened to be there and then the group that was supposed to go with them went with Kizilai so like we both flipped but they were with another group, like they were with some, I forgot what group, but they're or something like they were with some group. So then we go back to the, the military base. At that point, we're, they're, they're going to, because everything's far from where we're staying in that school, because this tent city is far, it's like an hour's walk. And they're like, okay, 
we're, we'll drop you guys off now back where we picked you up. You can go back and like sleep or whatever. At that point, the army is beginning to get ready to go to the wreckages of the buildings and start looking for bodies. This is like, this is the time. They From evening, from 6, 5, 6, to like 2, 3, like until like the next day. That's so they do all of the stuff at night. They do. I mean, they do it during the day as well, but like the this specific group was... I guess the, the specific group was doing it during the day, uh, during at night, because that's when the Spanish army was going to be there. Okay. They were going to work with the Spanish army. So we're standing, getting ready to go. And then a Turkish command, the Turkish, like uh, one of the commandos, he says, we need help. And I'm not listening. I'm not looking. I'm worried right my car. He points me out and says, he's going to come with us. Cause he, they assume that everybody there is there to help them. Like they're assuming we're them. He says, he's going to help us. And the rest of them can go back. He points to you. He points to me. Said he can come with us. He's gonna come with us, and of course, like the Turkish commander guy, like, I'm gonna go to the Turkish commander guy. Like, I'm not gonna say no to the Turkish GI so you, Joe. You're with your friends. I'm with right now. I'm with my friends. You're with your friends. I'm with my friend and one handler, Ferhat okay. Abi. And then uh, GI Joe points to you specifically. Joins to me specifically. GI Joe goes, "You're coming with us," and f- I wasn't worried because our handler was also going with us. The guy that like Ferhat uh, the guy that we were coordinating with, he was also going with us. And what? W- which organization is he with? He's with uh, Afad. Like he's, okay. he's with Afad. Like he is, he's linked in like some in, way, in some way to Afad. I'm, but he's not directly. No, no, he is Afad. But we don't know what he is in Afad. We just know so he has he, Afad vest, he has Afad he, okay, ID. Okay, so he has, he has a vest. It looks semi. And he has his ID. He has an ID. Like he has his thing. Like he, you can tell he's he's with them. You know yeah. who's with them, who's not okay, with them. So he's with them, and then. G.I. Joe point, points to you and said, come with us. Come with us. Come with us, son. Can you say son? He says, I don't know. Okay. I didn't talk to him. I didn't talk all to right. him at all. They just told me that he picked you. I didn't okay. talk to him. All right. So we go and we start walking because we, we... We go where? We go start going to the buildings. So you're in the tent city. We're from the tent city, which is on the coast of the city, which yeah. is right on this, like, the Sahel. Yeah. We start walking. With the army. With the army, guys. And just, uh, I'm sorry to, just, this is, I'm just going to paint a picture here. Like, how many people are going with you? Is it like it's like 100? a regiment of like thirty people? Okay, so thirty people now going, yeah, walking to buildings, walking to walking to a specific building. Because you you can only work on one building every night. Like it's really like you. It takes hours to get a body. Like okay. it's not you're not pulling them out like pop cakes. Like it's very okay, very so hard. Tell me in like in excruciating details what happens. So you're, you're walking okay. So people. I don't know we're going to get bodies. Yeah. I just know I'm going with the army to pick up things. Okay. I'm aware that we're going, which I assume to be boxes of supplies. They say, we're going to pick up things. So at this point, okay. Because uh, they've told me a million times. They've told all of us, none of you are allowed to go near buildings. And none of you are allowed to go near bodies. You're not professionals. You're volunteers. So okay. I was like, okay, this is the army. The army's not going to put me somewhere they've said a million times we can't be. We show up and it's a building. I'm like, oh, it's a building. I wonder what we're doing here. And then the G.I. Joe man sends me with another guy. And he goes, stick with him, and I stick with him, and we go, and that's when we see the like. That's when I see my first body. There's a long bag. I'm like, why are we going to this bag? The man zoop, unzips it, and there's just a body. Like my, I've never seen a body before. Nobody tells me what's happening. He unzips the bag, and I'm looking at the remnants of somebody. I don't know if it's a man. I don't know if it's a woman. I don't know what it is. I'm looking at. When you say remnants, it's like it's, it's the body's there. It's gray. It's de- like its mouth is wide open. There's no lips anymore. The eyes are just sockets. 
like there's remnants of hair on the head like it's not like a human being it's like a destroyed body it's like a zombie from walking dead it's half like half the rib cages is like the rib cage is gone like and then the man takes his phone and he puts it like next to it and it's a picture and He's like, does this look like? And we can't tell if this man looks like this man. No, he's like, asking your opinion too. He's asking like all of us. He's like, he's trying to figure it out. And on the building already, this is what a FUD's job is. This is a FUD is this is what they're doing. They're coordinating. They're in charge of coordination, and they're like the real professionals. Like you can tell who. That's how you like. Oh, how you know it's a FUD? You can tell who a FUD is. So they're like professionals are coordinating. They, you can tell. Like, you don't need an ID for a FUD. You can see a FUD. You know who a FUD is. Okay, so. You you he unzips unzips a body bag and and how do you feel when you see this? I mean I'm like in shock like it's a body. Are you detached? Like, you I mean, know, is it like at that video, point no? Game? At that point no, I'm not detached. At that point I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. I assumed I'm taking supplies from a certain location, taking it to another location, and they're gonna drop me back off with Ferrat Abi at where we're staying. That's what we assume. So they unzip the, the body and. What do you feel? What goes through your mind? Do you feel nauseous? I throw up. You threw up. I threw up. Like I didn't like bleh, like out right there. I walked to the side and I gagged and stuff coming out of my mouth. Like it wasn't like as bad as like a Islamic virus, but I was still, like I, it was like I had gag reflex. And then I realized what we're there to do. Then they gave me gloves. They gave me a helmet. They gave me a really good gas mask looking thingy. And they said they also they don't I didn't they don't know how old I am. They don't know I'm 18. They think I'm 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Because they don't know how old I am. And we go to the top of the building. Did you at any point think maybe I should just go back? No. Because to me, the army is the ultimate authority. No, but did you feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing this? No. So you, you, you're happy to be there. I'm not. No, Baba. There's, no such, happy, there's not, no such thing not, as not being mean, happy to see. Happy. I'm mean, content there. Like, I, you're like, you're like, I'm adding value. I'm adding so value. You, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Is you, you want to be there. I want. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any. I, I'm there because they need me. I'm there because the guy said I didn't volunteer. But the pe- guy said we need people. You come with us. OK, so I'm there. I said, OK, they need, the army needs some way to do something. The army gets what the army wants. And so maybe G.I. Joe points you out because he thinks you're old. Yeah, because I, I, I'm like, I'm also wearing like you. He can only see my eyes because I'm wearing like a. And you're really tall. I'm really tall. He can tell I have a beard. Like I, I don't think he, nobody can tell I'm 18. Okay. So we go and we spend that night, that first night. I guess it's Sunday night. Bodies, children. Hold on, okay. This is now what time? Sun. Is this it, is Sunday, six the, or seven. In the morning. In the at night. Oh, oh, this is PM. This is this is after we spent the whole day working. Okay, so you you. I've, I haven't slept yet. I haven't slept since the train the night before. Okay, so you haven't slept yet. I haven't slept yet. Okay, and so you you, you see that body. They try to identify the body. They can. And then, they just put it in the truck, and the truck goes away. Okay, and then they give you a mask, and they and, and then, then they tell you what. And then they say, "Follow him." At, the, at this point, they know I'm American, and they find that it's very cool to them. Oh, he's American. Okay. Like he's like probably come from. He's probably like he's probably come from America to help. Yeah. And then you walk up the side of what used to be an eight-story building, which is now completely compressed. You also know what buildings the survivors are in because. Some some buildings have like pockets, like pockets of where you can crawl into. Okay. This building had no pockets. Everybody in this building is dead, and this there's sm- like you can smell the death. Like when you walk past fallen buildings, you can tell if they've taken the bodies out or not by the smell. Okay. Like I have pictures of buildings where they've obviously been through it, 
and just decide not to take out anybody else. And the, the people are just gonna are buried there. Okay. They're buried in the wreckage. So anyway, so it's like six p.m. You and then you follow the guy. You and have we follow the guy up the top of, up to the top of the wreckage so where no, there's fifty, now, sixty people already. 50, 60 people working. 50, 60 people with heavy machinery. They're drilling through the columns because they're trying. They're going through the building floor by floor as much as they can. They have heavy winches. What they do is they carve out a portion of the floor. They put a hole in the middle. Somebody sticks their arm under, grabs the hook, and brings it around. So it wrap the chain wraps around the whole thing. So obviously, I'm told that was my job. I to put your hand underneath the thing. Put your hand underneath the slab. You grab a hook. You bring it out. You hook it to the thing. And there's no fear that this thing will collapse on your arm no because everybody there looks like they know exactly what there is like no panic not everybody there knows exactly what they're doing okay like there is like a, just an aura of people are not there who don't know it's everybody there with the exception of you with the exception of me and the other volunteer or other people who they brought who if a specific person of doing like just like helping around everybody knows exactly what they're doing okay and then we start looking for bodies this is a seven eight we start looking for bodies and they give me a what do you call it? Um, a jackhammer. They, what do you mean a jackhammer? You know, like the like the yes, like the T thing with the. Is that what it's called? A jackhammer. An actual jackhammer. That's. Yeah, like, huge. Like, okay, they give you a jackhammer. Okay. They give me a jackhammer and they say, "Like, there's a, I'm not by myself. There's people with me," and they're like, "Okay, start cutting here." And we're, I start cutting, and it's like it shakes your whole. You have to put your body against it so that it can go down. You put goes down. You come out. You put it next to it. You try to make a line to cut through that slab so the winch can take it away. Because you have to, the winch can't can only handle so much because it's in the sky. Like the chain comes down, you wrap it, and it goes and it puts it in the truck. So we're doing that, and then at that point, we can tell there there are bodies in four locations, like we, the reachable bodies in four locations. There's a woman in the back of the building because we found all her stuff. We found earrings, like we found an earring with an ear. Like we know there's a woman there. Then on the other side is an old man who was some sort of uh, government something because there's a lot of government documents. And that's what Afad's job is. They go through those documents. I f if I find money, Afad will take it, rip it up, and throw it away. Like, they're there to control because at that site, people have been taking pictures and posting them online. Like, Afad is there to make sure nobody posts something online, nobody takes anything. No looting. No, nothing. Afad is there. Afad's rule is law. Yeah, okay. And that's their job, and they've been. And they're useful. Like they're genuinely useful. Like, they like they they are they give a sense of calm. Like they they they're professionals. And then we find my second body, which at this point I'm ready for, because you can tell when you're gonna find the body, because the smell is the smell. Like it get like you like. What does the smell smell like? Like fermenting garbage. Like it's a fermenting garbage smell. Like I'm with the jackhammer, and as the jackhammer cuts the thing in half, like a waft of air pulls out. Like there's no, there's something under this. The winch comes, lifts the body up, lifts the, the slab up, and then we like we know there's a body there. We lift the second slab, and that, that the body's there. And you see the second body. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm there, and this body was a man who was obviously asleep when it happened. He's lying down in his hand. He's holding a picture of a woman, like someone he loved, and he was looking at the picture, and he had died like that like he fell asleep looking at a picture that was the only that was the only time like i was really sad because like this is like before the other corpse was a zombie from walking dead there's no like there's nothing this is a man he has somebody he loves and he's dead so we roll him up or and we take him down the building i have the photo with me because i don't want it to lose i put in his body bag they identify him. he's easy to identify zip him up put him in the thing he goes away that was the second so you took the photo 
I mean, I'm I, so you took the photo and made sure they got. Yeah, the he had the like, he had the photo. I don't know. I'm sure it fell out somehow. Yeah. But he at that point he had the photo. Uh, Afad looked at the photo. Afad f- figured out who the woman was somehow. She had either died or been injured. Like they identified her. And there's also families around the perimeter. Like there's a lot of families around the perimeter of the building. As you're working. As we're working, and like as we like as I come out. They come to me and they say, is there a chance of anybody being alive in this building? I was going to say, no, there's no chance of anybody being alive. Like, they, like, they want hope. But I can't give, like, there's nobody, there's no, there's no chance anybody in this building is alive. Everybody's done. And one of the guys we were working with, he was trying to find his mother. He was working on the building, trying to find his mom's body. And he had family in that building. Then we start finding children. Then we start finding the children. And then we find two children that night. Young, maybe Eunice and Ayub's age. Like they're very young. I picked them up. We put them in the thing. We. How how did you find them? Uh, they were also in. But everybody's asleep. Uh, they were they were next to the kitchen. I assume like there was a kitchen. We found the two bodies there. They were in very bad condition. Those bodies, like they had been there for a long time. No blood. Like they were they weren't children. Like they were just almost skeletons. Um, what do you mean skeleton? Like how could they be skeletons at this point? Like they're like. You mean like there's the, no the blood, damage? the tissue, the tissue's going away. Like yeah. they've been eaten. They, they're like all the squishy stuff had been eaten. Like yeah. Like and the, how, how did you feel at that point? I was okay. Like I was, I was re- like. So I, now it's like now it's it, now it's it's becoming does, routine. Now it's routine. Like like you're happy when you find the body, because that means there's less. Like you're happy when you find the body. You give them the body. You go back to work. What do you mean it's less? Like there's less bodies left. Like you can finish and go home. Like you're trying to find bodies, so you can go home. Okay. And that's what it is at that point. Then uh, we find the last body of the night, a woman, just a random middle-aged woman, black hair. Um, uh, we had found her ear. That's the ear that we found in the beginning. So we found her, identified her very quickly, tagged her up, put her, and they sent her away. At this point, it's maybe 2 in the morning. It's it's fine. It's the, night, the night is over. Everybody can go back to sleep, and then we'll start the next day. We go back. My friends don't know anything. Like, they don't know what I've done. Like, I don't tell them when I go back what we've been doing because I don't want them to ask to come. I don't want them to try to go because I don't want them, like, I don't think they're mentally tough enough to see any of that. Like, I think they're too mentally, I think I'm too mentally soft, but I've already seen it. They have no reason to see it. Like, one of the women wanted to go and they asked me if, like, the F, they can go. I don't know why they asked me, but they said, can, like, you talk to somebody? I said, no, I mean, no, you can't go. Like, uh, there's no chance. Like, so this is like two in the morning. This um, is two in the morning. So this is not Monday. This is now Monday. Two a.m. Monday, two a.m. I'm back in the place we are, and I go. I go to sleep. We we're, we're we wake up at six or seven because a new truck had come, and we go. We do. I do almost exactly the same thing the same day. I unload trucks. I feed people, and we start giving. We start giving out supplies to the refugees. That's Sunday. This is Sunday or Monday. Monday. Okay, this is Monday. I work all the way until Tuesday at seven. When, okay, so Monday. So my I actually only ended up working for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So Monday, you you sit, you're unloading trucks, water. You go into the village, you're handing things yeah. out. Uh huh. And, and then, then at night, that's we go back. I so at this point, I've already been to a building once. I go back. We go, they, we go back a second time. So th- how do you know to go back? Because uh, a group came. Cause it, now I never see that military group again. I never see them again. Okay. I don't. So I, that's don't the end. I never see them again. Like that's the end of that. Like they said, like shook my hand. Everybody goes home. So we went back, and then at night, uh, a group from that thing were leaving, and they said, "Has anybody been to the wreckages before?" I raised my hand, like I've been to it. Have you seen by? They said, "Yeah." They said, "Okay, we need people." 
Okay. I said, okay. I and said, did any of your friends come this time? Uh, they came this time, but they didn't see, the lucky for them, they didn't see any bodies. Like okay. they came and I went, we went back to work. This is now Monday, Monday night, maybe this is Monday, 7 p.m. We go. This is the longest time we've worked. I worked in the building. We work until the next morning. We leave, we work for 12 hours on this building and we take out uh, another couple of people. And this time it's like, it doesn't affect me at all. Like it's whatever. Like it's, we found the safe, we found gold, we found dollars, but a FUD takes all of that. We did find, um, we found a, a journal and the man was writing in French because he'd been learning French and he studied like some sort of engine, like mechanical engineering or something because he wanted to go to Paris to study there. I read, th- I read some of the stuff and the thing was, I was trying to find the name. We were trying to find names and we were looking through the diary and I, I understood like a, a little bit of it. And so uh, we gave that to a FUD. And then the funny thing is they don't keep any of these personal items. Like they try to find anything of value. If it's not of value, they just chuck it. They chuck it. Like there's no like give it to the family. And also the, the, I forgot to say when we found the children, we gave them the mothers were outside the building waiting. So you found the children and their mothers were there? Yeah. And what ha- what happened then? So the mothers identified the children and they what, like What happened when the mo- the mothers saw the children? Like in this uh, well you what you would expect like they break down like they like scream like they try to touch the child and whatever but like it's what like it's what you would expect like it's very moving it's very very sad. And how do you how were you what were you thinking feeling during this I whole felt really bad for them like but like, you go back to work and you forget it like like you, if I had stopped, if I had stopped and like thought about it for much longer, it would have hurt a lot more. But it happened. I went straight back to working, and like you can hear them screaming on the side of the building. And eventually, it goes away, and you go back to work. And it's also drowned out by like it. It's chaos on top of the buildings. It's chaos. There's power cables everywhere, and it's not like they're not plugging it in. They're taking. They're knives. They're cutting the power cables in half, and they're twing- They're twining them with other things to extend them. Like it's very, like gimmicky. Like it's not like it's just chaos. Like there's machinery everywhere. There is. They have this blowtorch that to cut through um re- uh, rebar, and they like turn. It's just lying on the floor. Like this thing can cut through a human in like ten seconds, and they just whoosh, they turn it on. They cut through the rebar, and they get through like to another part of the building. Everything's just lying around. And this is all near you. This is. I, I'm wearing sneakers. Like right. I'm wearing my Nike sneakers, and it's all near me. And at this point, I don't really want to be there anymore. But they've told me that we just need people. They like we just need people. And one of them was explaining to me, "Is like I don't want to be here, but if we don't do this, these bodies are gonna sit there and start talking about like disease and stuff. He's like we're doing this to get rid of the bodies as fast as we can, so this disease doesn't spread through this country. Because all these like there's a quarter of a million people volunteers who are all gonna return back to Istanbul." Yeah. So they, like, if they all return back to stumble with disease from bodies, there's going to be an ac- epidemic. So they, that's what their uh, whole like goal Urgen- was. Urgency, yeah. Urgency, and also they wanted to find like people. So we got there's fourteen thousand people dead, n- confirmed dead. Now there's fifty thousand. There's going to be a hundred thousand by the th- time this thing is done. Like it's going to double because for every two people we find, we leave ten, fifteen, twenty under the building because like. Imagine you're at the bottom floor of this building and we all come down on top of you. you nothing is left of you. We can't extract the body if the body is dust. Yeah. And at that point, the bulldozers, I, that's when I was, that's when I, that's, I left the night after that. No, the morning after that. So we finished that 12 hour shift at seven. 
a.m. A.m. We went back and we slept and we went back at one. And that was the last time. Like that was that was like the went close, back to the building. The building. That was the last time we go to that building, and the bulldozers were just going through, lifting everything up, like putting it in trucks, just sending it away. And you can also see why these buildings fell. Like these buildings are very, their columns are full of rocks. Like they're very badly built. Like you can tell why they fell. And they they arrested the person uh, who built the building already. Like it's already like they're on top of it. And then, then Wednesday. This is now Tuesday, right? This is now Tuesday. We finish. I finished. Like I finally finished working. Like three o'clock. I went back for three hours. And that's it. Like I'm, I'm done working on buildings. I've seen eight or nine bodies now. Like, I'm okay. Like, I've done my part. Like, and you're very tired. Th- yeah. Thank you for your service. And we also then I go back. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stay until Friday. I'm just gonna help in the high school. Go back to the high school. The lady goes, "There's nothing coming anymore." Like, and at that point, we're just eating the food. Like, we're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We're eating their food. And in that, then I go upstairs and I sit on my phone. I set my phone for three minutes. And I realize, why are we sitting here if we're all sitting on our phones? So I get up. I ca- I say, who wants to go home today? Who wants to stay? Half of the people raised their hand and said, we want to go. I said, okay, we're going home today. It was, what time was it? It was 4.45. I said, we leave in f- at 5.15. I called, I found, I had found a taxi earlier. And I called him. I said, how much would it cost for two taxis to take us to the nearest airport, which is an hour away? He said, for each taxi, 600 liras. So 1,200 in total. I said, okay. Be here at five fifteen. We we had planned to be there until Friday, and then all of a sudden, I just said, "Why are we here?" And we leave Tuesday at five. Tuesday at five, we like, and then we go to the airport, and then I I I, I say I go to the lady in charge and say, "Listen, we're leaving. I'm leaving some of the people here. They're gonna come back on Thursday. They're here to help you, but the rest of us are going. We like we're eating too much of your food." And she agreed. Like she understood. Like the. She didn't. She never said it, but I can tell they're thinking it. Like, why is everybody here for not doing anything? I said they're here to help. They're there. If you need them, they're at your disposal. We're going back. We get in the taxi. We go to the airport, and like we're just passing destruction, destruction, destruction. The smell is everywhere. Like even in the taxi, you can smell it. Then we get to the airport, and the before we get in, security asks to see our IDs, and they see my ID. My ID is not a citizenship. It's a student permit. And they look. He looks at me and says, "You're not gonna get on a plane. Like I promise, you're not gonna get on a plane." I said, "Okay, let me just go see." He's like, "Okay, go see." And we get into the airport. At this point, I'm not expecting to get on the plane, but the rest are gonna get on the plane. And we sit, and we don't have a reservation to fly. It's all free, but you need a reservation to fly. The other, like everybody else in the airport, has a reservation, but we don't. And they set up a line for people without reservations. And they said, "You can be here. You can get on a plane tonight. You can get on a plane in a week. Like we don't know. You're just." Whenever there's an empty space, it's you guys can go for it. And we said, okay, we're fine with that. So we all sit down, like in in the line, because line's not moving, just sitting down. And we sit maybe for three, four hours. And then they say, there's a flight to Istanbul. It leaves in thirty minutes. And they write on slips of paper, Yusuf Fahmi, flight number, and like, that's it. They just like on slips of paper, they're just writing what flight number you are. And that's it. Like there's no security, there's nothing. Like you just get on the plane from that point. And you're wearing, like, I'm wearing my hard hat. Like, I have, like, I'm covered in dust. Like, everybody there is covered in dust, wearing hard hats, exhausted. And the crew, like, you can tell, like, the crew are the first people we're meeting who are not, like, in the, like, they're they're, they're not in the zone. And they're looking at us, and, like, they're just, like, asking us, like, 
is it bad this that like how was it what were you doing tell us how it was so like i we were talking with them for the whole time they're giving us sandwiches of i'm gonna say this for turkish airlines the food we had yesterday the sandwiches were like it was the best thing they've ever served us like it were very good anyway i mean then i get back and then i land and then off like oh, this is uh, you land that like i went wednesday at 2 a.m I take a taxi back, but I, I go to sleep, and that's it. Like that's my. I know it doesn't sound like that much, because only three days. But like no, all those, no, it, it sounds like that much. All those three days condensed within each other was just like a mess. So do you have any regrets in going? I regret coming back. So you think you should have stayed longer? I think I should have stayed longer. Like I don't have any what, regrets. Why? What compulsion? Like you seem like you had this compulsion to come home at all of a sudden. I I I was sitting was... on my phone. Like that's when I, I was like I had time to sit on my phone because nothing else to do. So why regret coming back? Because I feel like that we could we could have tried harder to find other places, but we didn't try. We're like okay, we kind of like looked around like okay, let's do let's go. Like we didn't really try. So I should have tried a little bit harder. But at the same time, I also I did a lot more than any eighteen year old should have went there and done. Like I don't have it. I don't have like survivor's guilt or anything like that. Like I did a lot more than I should have been allowed to do, and that's nobody's fault. That's just the situation. Like that's like the situation. If you see somebody there and they look like they can do stuff, they should do stuff. Like anybody who can help should help. I don't have any regrets going. Do you think you're too young to see all that stuff? Yeah. Or do you think? No, I think I was too young to see all those bodies. So in retrospect. You, you should have done everything except go to the buildings. Probably, yeah. Like the bodies, the seeing the bodies were not, like it was not necessary for me. But it happened, like there's nothing you can do about it. I've seen them. I know what bodies look like. I know what they smell like. I know if you tug on an arm after it's been in a thing for seven days, the arm's going to come off, which happened. Like I, I didn't tug it, but people, like I've seen it, like it comes off. Like it's, that's how it is. Like, you'll you all of a sudden find a toe <laughs> like it's just how it is it's mm. and it gives me new respect for the people that worked in 9-11 because nine like imagine a, sto- a building that high and it comes down and what they must have found we're look we're working in a five six story building that was how many stories like a hundred exactly like a hundred stories and that many people that it must have destroyed them like, yeah. like that's what I was thinking about. I was like, I, I'm really happy I was not an, a firefighter 9-11. So I don't know how to ask this question other than do you feel that you are processing, process this, or do you feel like, you know, there is something residual, something in the basement that's going to come out later? I think it's done. Like, I don't you, feel anything. You don't, I don't feel like anything. I don't feel trauma. I don't, I don't have, I don't feel like I'm going to have nightmares. Like I can sit in the dark, like. I don't feel anything at all. Like, well, I don't we, feel anything. Well, we made it up for you today. Yeah, but I don't feel anything. Like, I don't, f- I don't feel so trauma. So what, what do you think you learned? That life is cheap. Like, really, like, if you were, uh, based on this experience, this three-day insane whirlwind, this tour of duty, like, if you were to say, like, I've been, I've changed now in these ways. These are the five things or the five uh, lessons I've taken away. What, what would they be? Definitely more thankful because we've never, we as, we as, I guarantee anybody listening to this, and I'm not scared to say this, has never experienced anything, experienced anything like this before. They have never experienced true hardship. Like nobody listening to this has ever experienced true hardship. Unless you were there and your family was in it, 
or you were in another earthquake or another nat- nat- natural disaster, nobody's experienced anything like this. Like, you would w- you would wish to see your mother die naturally than to see her die like this. Like, like the, you don't like at least like when Mama's grandfather died, like he's lying peacefully on his bed and they can lift him out nicely. Like, imagine finding your dad's head. Yeah, it's different. Like nobody's exp- we've never experienced real hardship. Like you've never had to sort through clothes sent from people in Istanbul like the clothes they don't want to see something that fits you we never had to do that so a lot of thankfulness um and everything can change in a second like that man holding a picture of his girl like he was like he was he was like us like he was he was in love with somebody and he loved her and he's dead now that that was the only thing that like really struck with me because like just because mm. so yeah i mean what i else? don't huh what else um i need to think about it but definitely gratitude and anything can change in any minute man anything can change in any minute like right now we're recording a podcast we can feel a tremor this building can fall and that's it like it's like seconds like if you watch vil- videos of the of the earthquake it's seconds like one minute, less than a minute. Less than, less than a minute. It's just boom, boom, boom. That's it. It's, uh, yeah. And people turn against each. People turn against each other quicker, quicker than they come together. Yeah. Like I, I seem like the as, as a whole, Turkey's come together very, very well, and extending things and whatever. But on the ground itself, it's it's rough. Like people are Syrians versus Turks and racism and people calling me like a people not realizing i'm working and calling me a refugee like people turn against each other so do you think like ha- these are such at least listen to it, such profound lessons do you feel like ha- how do you not forget them or are they etched in your brain or do you like go back tomorrow to like they're etched in your brain like this is not something i have to write down and write like this is this is etched like i'm not gonna forget like these just because they don't affect me i'm not gonna forget these bodies like i'm not gonna forget the children i'm not gonna forget like imagine picking up a body that's the same size as your four-year-old brother or five-year-old brother however old he is is he's five or i don't know but yeah like that's what this is like you just like you can't forget that you think you would do this again yeah yeah I think if this happened, if this happened again tomorrow, and and I would go back straight away. You've had an amazing, uh, amazing vacation from school. Or started with going to Palestine and dealing yeah. with all of those things, and then ended up in a, as a humanitarian. Yeah, this is definitely. You know what was funny? I joked with my friends the day we were leaving from school. Oh, uh, imagine Corona hits and this is the last time we ever see each other. I joked with them. I said, "This is what this is what it was like for what happened in Corona. Like everybody just goes home and never comes back. Now schools are online until September. Like, yeah, they made your school online. This school's online. Which I'm. I was really upset in the beginning. I was genuinely so angry that school was online. And mm-hmm. I'm on my way. And then like I saw like people dying. I was like, it doesn't matter. It's online. Who cares? But um. But yeah, I mean, it's all shift in, shift in perspective. Yeah, it's a crazy world. I'm happy it's online now. Like, I'm happy. How about Yusuf? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, Yusuf. Love you too.